I have I, I've got a, a few things on my on my thoughts here this morning. Last Sunday, I was going to have Bradley share. So Bradley, that was awesome, what he shared. Matthew, did you want to quickly come up here? Amen. Last Sunday night, we had what we refer to as a pursue night, and it was the first one we did. And we wanted to give space for the Holy Spirit to move. It was a night of worship. And uh, I believe it was a tremendous, amazing night. And I just, uh, I knew something happened to Matthew, so I just wanted him to share. For sure. Um, yeah, so anyways, uh, I was up at the front here, and I was getting prayed for by a few different people. And since my surgery, I've actually, like, I didn't even tell my doctors about it or anything, but I had like a, it was like a marble-sized, like, scar tissue on the incision, on one of the end of the incision. So every, like, I'd feel it a few times every day, and it's always there. And it wasn't really painful or anything, but it was there, right? So, but anyways, uh, Pastor Bonona was praying for me, and she actually prayed that scar tissue would, would actually be dissolved and heal the way it's supposed to. And I hadn't told her anything about that scar tissue. So, but anyways, I didn't think anything of it. But later that night, I went home, and I felt it as I always do, and it was completely gone. So... It wasn't affecting me, but maybe it would have. I don't know. So, but it's still now, like, I feel that it's not there at all. So it's just a tiny little bump now, which is normal. So it's awesome. awesome. Amen. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. God, God was, his presence this morning, who here needs a touch from God? I'm here to tell you he's here to touch you right now. I love worship, I love music, it, it ushers us in as a body and sometimes we can use that as a default in ministry. But right now, right now, he's, he's not confined just to music notes and melody and harmony. But right now, his spirit is here to touch you. And there's some of you that are sitting here that are desiring something from God, I'm here to tell you that he is here to give you that. Does anybody, I had something interesting happen to me this morning, so I'm going to, does anybody have um, an issue with your heart, or maybe it's not your heart, but when you breathe in deep, it almost feels like a pin not a knife, but a pin catches you quickly to the point where you're afraid to breathe deeply because every time you breathe deeply, you get a sharpness in your chest. Is there anybody here like that? Okay. All right. Could you two stand? I'm not going to ask you to come forward, but if you could just stand. I had a funny thing happen to me this morning, and I... 
I was sitting in my office, and I've had this happen to me now a number of times. I don't have any issues with my heart, but all of a sudden, I just, I breathed deep, and I felt this real pin, not a knife, but a pin, a sharpness. And, and what was funny was I, I was afraid to breathe after that. And it's amazing what can happen when you're struck with fear, how it can paralyze you if you're not careful. And so I walked out of the office and, and I went and did something. And as I came back, I said, I'm going to take a deep breath. And then I had this funny little voice inside of me that says, no, if you take a deep breath, your heart's going to hurt again. And at that moment, I said, no, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. And what happens is, and I'm not just talking about the heart here now, but sometimes you can experience a pain, a physical pain, or an emotional pain, and then a fear kicks in and it stops you from extending yourself as far as you would because the last time you did, this happened. So I'm here to declare to the three of you, because you've exercised your faith, you are healed. You are healed. You are healed. Amen. Just stretch forth your hands and just speak. Just say, you're healed. You're healed. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I've got six verses I want to share with you. Are you game? Actually, I have 14, but I'm going to, this morning, this morning, I'm just going to do six. But I want to, Pastor Sean preached a few weeks ago, and he preached on the power and the importance of believing what you believe. And I've, I've been meditating on that a bit. And this morning, I want to give you some, th some food for thought as to why you can believe what the word of God says. Now, I'm going to say this right off the bat. To me, this is my manual. This is my owner's manual. And I believe this with all my heart. So I look at the word of God, and I will take the word of God at its merit. When Joe, Moses went to see Pharaoh, he said, who should I say has sent me? And God just said, tell him I am that I am. So every one of us needs an absolute in life. Every one of us. Every one of us needs and has and exercises absolutes in our life. And if it's not the word of God, what will happen is it will change because that absolute will one day not pass the test of time or pass the test of God's word. And you'll find that you're all of a sudden, one day you're scrambling because what you used to put your trust in is no longer there. But I'm here to declare to you that this word is infallible. His word is infallible. He is to be trusted. 
And I want to show you some verses in the Bible that I want you to write down this morning. I want you to do some work because some of you have doubts and confusion and uncertainty. And I want to give you five or six verses that you can hang on your mirror, that you can take with you, you can put in your phone, and that you can say, no, I hang my case on this. Because when you understand and you believe, then you can move forward. If you don't believe, you will end up not moving forward. It says in James that you've got to believe, and if you don't believe, you're like a double-minded man who's unstable in all his ways. So I want to bring some stability into your life and into your mind this morning. So I want you, I've got six verses and I want to read them with you. And I want you to write them down. Whether you write them in your pen or whether on your pen or paper or whether you put them in your phone. But today I'm giving you something that will have a, an earmark or a spot where you can go back to and say, no, because of this, I can do that. So the first verse I'd like you to look at is in Numbers. And I'm going to give this to you in about a minute and a half. If you want to take Pastor Nelson out for coffee and ask him what Numbers 23, 22, 23, 24 mean to him, it's about Balaam and Balak and a donkey that talked. <laughs> Pastor Nelson has a briefcase that didn't talk to him, but it certainly messed him up. Can you imagine talking to a donkey? You say, well, I talk to my animals. Yeah. Have they ever talked back to you? <laughs> and the funny thing is, the donkey didn't just say one thing. He actually had a conversation with the donkey. And this prophet, his name's Balaam. And he says in Numbers 23, and I want you to write this verse down, 23 verse 19. We're not going to get into all of this. But he's hired to curse what God has blessed. He's hired by Balak to curse Israel. And he, he realizes, I can't curse what God's blessed. Who here is blessed? Then you cannot be cursed. Some of you said amen. You are a child of God. You're in the family of God. And what God has blessed cannot be cursed. And Balaam stands there, and in verse 19, it's just, I'm just, for sake of time, I'm just going to give you this verse, but this is something that you can hang your hat on. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that, sh should he, that he should repent. Has he said it, and will he not do it? And has, or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? So when you read the word of God, God is not a man that he changes his mind or he lies. If he says it, he'll do it. 
Some of you are going to have a new absolute inside of you today, an anchor that used to be just like a balloon that could get blown around, but today it's going to be solid, solidified, and it's going to be a thousand pound that nothing can move, but it's an anchor to your soul. And it's an absolute. God does not lie. So my statement to you is this. Therefore, because he cannot lie, I can believe what he says. Quit giving me your doubts. Don't give me your buts. Don't give me your ifs. It says here, God is a man, is not man, that he would lie. Do you believe that? I got another verse for you. Flip the pages over to Isaiah. I want to just give you some simple verses. This is kind of like a teaching class. This is kind of like, I, I, I could be preaching. We've been talking about pursue, ask, seek, and knock. And this is, I was connecting with this, with it, but for sake of time, I just, today I just want to give you the basis for what you can believe. You can believe because God does not lie. If he says it, he'll do it. Don't complicate what God has said is there. And I'm preaching to you, but I'm also preaching to myself. I haven't got it all figured out. But when I lay my head down at night, the only thing I can go back to is his word. There's nothing else I can go back to. There's nothing else I can go back to. Apple phone, version 10. In how many years, and they've already done 10 versions. You walk through the store and you see this new and improved. God is not new and improved. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If there's one person you can bank on, one person that you can count on, it's God. It's not Apple. Somebody took a bite out of them. Anyway, I won't go there. Isaiah 55. This is number two. And by the way, I'd encourage you to read the context. Because it's powerful when you read the context. You read the context of numbers, and it's, he, he tells the guy four times... I can't tell you that I can curse those guys because I just keep having to have to bless them because God says that. Four times. You read Isaiah, chapter after chapter after chapter after chapter. It's talking about Christ. It's showing a prophetic. It's talking about him and it's, it's giving a picture of the coming Messiah. And here in chapter 55, verses 10 and 11... 
For as the rain, and we all know what that's like, and the snow come down from heaven and don't return there without watering the earth and making it bare and sprout and furnishing seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so will my word be which goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. God's word doesn't come back to him empty. So you can read the scripture, you can read a scripture, you can read an account, and I'd like to challenge you to then say, Lord, your word says that it doesn't come back to me empty. So if your word says this, I'm going to expect this. And you say, well, what if it's out of context? You know what? I don't think enough of us even try to take it as it is, let alone learning how to use it in context, out of context. So let's just start to use it. Come on. We get so worried about it in being caught. I, I know the context. I know we have to use things in context. But can we not just try and use the word? And you might actually, as my wife said to me a couple days ago, even a broken clock is correct twice a day. I don't know if she was talking about me or what. But. You can trust God's word that when he says it, it will accomplish what it was supposed to do and it says it will succeed and it's what he desires. What does he desire for you? I didn't think I was going to get worked up. I thought I was going to have six didactic notes and a classroom. But I'm here to tell you that some of us have sold God short and we've stopped believing him because of what's happened to us instead of what's read in his word. Amen. You say that phrase, as a kid I grew up in a church and there was a group there, one of the players, the drum players, who's a good friend of mine. And they had this one song and they'd play it just about every eight to ten weeks when they, it says God's word said it, I believe it, and his word just absolutely cannot lie. I went to uh, Sunday school. I grew up in church. Back then, we'd have church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, and we had kids' clubs. I mean, our life centered around the church. The social aspect of our life outside of work was what was happening in the church. God help us. And we wonder why we face so many issues. But there was a song that I used to sing as a kid. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. And I didn't argue with it. That's why we believe in raising our kids and teaching them the word of God as children. Because if you don't catch them young, what do you think is going to catch them when they're 12, 13, 14 and they know more than you? It says, his word does not return to him void. Write that down. 
Because when you believe a word of God, you attach that verse to it and you say, Lord, your word says it doesn't come back to you void. So this verse I'm believing. Come on. I'd rather you get it out of context than not get any text at all. It's easier to correct the ship when it's moving than when it's stagnant. Ooh. Turn in your Bibles to Ephesians. I want to give you some stable things that you can hang your hat on that you can say, no, devil, you can't argue with me because this. When the enemy came at Jesus in the wilderness, the devil came to him and it has three things. It's, he actually even tried to use the word of God against God, but he didn't use it completely. And Jesus says, no, it is written. Get to know what's written. We have some businessmen in here. They sit down in front of a lawyer to sign a contract and they don't just sign it. They want to know, when do I get paid? Is there holdbacks? When's the release date? What is my obligation? What is not my obligation? What are the dates required for me to do this? And you have those things written in a contract and you know what happens? You don't do that and what the guy does is he comes back to the contract and he says, no, your name here is at the bottom and it was signed and therefore you said all these things you'd do. This was signed in red. And I would suggest to you it's stronger than a contract because you and I did not negotiate it. He was given it to us. Covenant. Ephesians. Ephesians 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. Wow. He's able to do above and beyond what you'd ask or think. And the funny thing is it says according to the power that works within us. Who's inside of you? Holy Spirit. Who's Holy Spirit? I know you're freaking out now. I know it's just, I'm pulling a Pastor Nelson. I'm asking a question and everybody's going, oh, I don't want to answer because if I'm wrong. Holy Spirit is God. There's no junior. There's no separations. There's no divisions. He's God. He's not 95%. He's 100%. He's God. Does he live Inside of you. So according to that. I don't know about you. But my expectation level grows. When I read his word. So therefore. Because he is able to, more, to do more than I can ask or think. I can believe him. Because it's not. It's not according to my thinking, it's according to what he can do. The problem is we often make it according to what we think. Well, that was a good sermon, Pastor David. Thank you. I think. 
some of you might go home and have coffee or dessert or dinner and over dinner go, well, you know, I think, well, what does he think? I might be stepping on some toes. That's good. Maybe they need to be stepped on. 1 Corinthians. Chapter 1. You're writing these down. This is the fourth one. The first one was Numbers 23, then Isaiah 55, then Ephesians 3. This is 1 Corinthians 1, verse 20. Sorry, I think I got the wrong verse there. Maybe it's 2 Corinthians. It's for as many of the promises of God are in him are yes and amen. I'll, I'll, I'll ask my mother. There we go. I was going to ask my mother-in-law, but I flipped to 2 Corinthians 1.20. For as many as are the promises of God in him, they are yes Therefore, also through him is our amen to the glory of God through us. It's yes and amen through what Christ did. End of story. Can you imagine what would happen if the church, and when I say the church, that's you and me, not this building, but the people, the church, would believe what the word of God said and would say, no, his word says it, therefore it's yes and amen because of Christ. Can you imagine what would happen? That was a good spot for, yes. I want to stir you guys up. So I think sometimes we're believing for less than what God has. Jeremiah. Pastor Louise had this verse this morning. But I want to read it again. Jeremiah chapter 1. She read the whole context. So she saved me some time. You can thank her later. Verse 12, the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I'm watching over my word to perform it. <laughs> God says it, and then he watches over his word to perform it. What has God said? I'm going after healing. He's going to perform it. Who here needs healing? I want to tell you, he's the healer. He's the healer. I've seen doctor's reports. I've sat in doctor's offices. I've sat with people who've told me their reports that they've received. I'm here to tell you that God is the healer. He came and he healed them. Healing is the children's bread. It says that when, when people came to him, there was times when he said, do you want me to? Do you think I can do it? And they said, can you do it? And he says, yes, I want to. I'm willing. 
There was one guy that I was studying a bit. He came up with over 3,000 promises in the Word of God. There's 1,189 chapters, I believe. Almost 1,200 chapters. 800,000 words in the Bible. And he came, he went through it, and he came up with about 3,000 promises. I'm not a mathematician, but I do like math. That's about 90 a day. So talk to Pastor Daniel. He does the math better because he said if you read 40 pages, 1.3, 7 into 10, I I understand all that. That's about 1.25 or 1.33. Yeah. 3,000. 3,000 promises. <laughs> and we're sticking and hanging on to one or two. <laughs> what promises are you grabbing on to? What promises are you grabbing on to? Jeremiah 1.12 Because he stands behind his word to perform it, I can believe it. The last one I have for you is in 1 Peter chapter 1. This one is a quotation from the Old Testament. It's quoted from Isaiah chapter 40. So you could either go to Isaiah 40, 6 to 8, or you go to 1 Peter 1. 25 and he's quoting from Isaiah and it says but the word of the Lord endures forever because his word endures forever I can believe what he says because he does not change his mind he's not a cosmic killjoy He doesn't play whack-a-mole and wait for you just to pop your head up and then go, no, he's getting too good. Wham! We live in a mentality that promotes a spiritual cosmic killjoy. I've seen it. Well, I must be doing something wrong because things are going so well. And I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for that to happen and correct itself. We need to chase doubt out with the word of God. Who here needs a touch from God? If you could stand up. If you could use a touch from God, I want you to stand up. I want to declare his word over you. I have a spiritual authority that gives me the ability to speak that over his people as a pastor. You have spiritual authority as a believer. But there's an aspect of a pastor, of a shepherd, 
And so I want to speak his word over each of you. And I come against the doubts. I come against the inconsistencies. I come against the questions. I come against the confusion. And I speak clarity, the clarity of God's word. You're going to lay your head on your bed tonight. And God's going to speak to you. And you're going to hear him with a clarity that you have not heard before. It's going to be like you're having a conversation with him. He's going to start showing you things. One of the things you have to do. I'm telling you this as your pastor. You have to read his word. You have to read his word. Don't expect to get to know him without getting to know him. Don't expect to know his word without getting to know his word. Don't expect to hear what he has to say without sitting down and talking with him. We've been talking about pursuit. Pursue. There's no greater relationship I know than to pursue my Father, Heavenly, Heavenly Father, and getting to know the voice of the Spirit. There's no greater pursuit in life. So I'm here to speak to you right now. The confusion that comes is now gone. It's broken. It's broken. Say it's broken. No more doubt. His word says it. That's all I need. I don't have to listen to doubt. I don't have to listen to arguments. I need to read his word. I need to declare his word. And I want to tell you something now as your pastor. Look at yourself in the mirror. And say God's word says it. That's all. Quit adding things where he's put a period. Just raise your hands. Just keep playing, Olivia. He's just flowing right now. Some of you have hurt. Hmm. He's coming right now. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, this is beautiful. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Just let him in. Let him in. He's wise. He's smart. He wants to give you a hug. He's knocking at your door. Praise you, Jesus. Fall like the rain. Fall like the rain.
praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, I ask right now that you would just pour out your spirit without measure. Lord, that we would read your word and that we would see it come to life inside of us and that we would have strength and fervor in us and vigor, Lord, to see your word accomplish what you say it will. Thank you, Jesus, for your promises. Hallelujah. If you need physical healing, just come forward right now. If you need some physical healing, come forward right now and just come right, right near the front. I'm going to ask the pastoral staff if you could come forward, Charlene and Adrian, if you can join with them. And I'm just going to ask you just quickly, for sake of time, just, just stand in front of a few and just pray over them. Release God's healing. You can ask them what it is. You can declare the word of God. But just come right forward. Just come right, right forward. Hallelujah. The church is dismissed. But if you want some healing, physical healing, come forward right now. Otherwise, I ask you to, to for, for sake of what's going on, if you want to talk to people, if you could just take that out to the foyer while God is still ministering and pouring out on people. Amen. God bless you.